With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. Excited to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on such a big day for the NHL. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic, joining us now. JR, we expecting any trades tonight for the Blues uh, during the <laughs> NHL draft, man? You never know. You never know. You know, a couple of years ago, I wasn't expecting the Blues to be able to unload Yori Laterra for uh, Braden Shen. Uh, and though this one wasn't at the draft, you didn't expect uh, Patrick Berglund, Vladimir Saboka to go for uh, Ryan O'Reilly. So, uh... Ferrario, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> go ahead, JR. I think Alex Sorry. just spilled <laughs> his beer on the soundboard. Yeah, but you uh, you never know, and uh, this is a year definitely where uh, if they are going to have a chance to, to re-sign Alex Petrangelo, they're going to have to shed some salary, and even though they've got another day or two to uh, decide or, or complete that, you're right. If you're going to uh, have draft picks involved, uh, teams like to get them before the draft, so we'll, we'll have to wait and find out. All right, Jared, the Blues have the 26th overall pick. This is deemed to be a very, very deep draft overall what are the Blues looking at? Have you heard any kind of rumors or of players' names that have been tossed around? I know it's deep in the first round, but, you know, they have wants and needs. I'm just wondering if you've heard anything that, you know, that what they might be looking at. Well, after watching months and months of, of KHL highlight tape and Swedish League uh, tape, I've, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's a situation where they, they lose their director of amateur scouting uh, in Bill Armstrong, he moves on to Arizona and becomes the GM. They're a great promotion for him, very well-deserving. And so now uh, the Blues are going to turn to uh, Tony Feltrin and Danny Janelle, and these are the two guys who are going to be basically in charge of the draft uh, with uh, Doug Armstrong saying that uh, Tony uh, Feltran will be in charge, kind of driving here. So it's going to be uh, different. You don't know what to expect, but you got to believe that the Blues are going to have the same philosophy uh, in addition to the fact that they had extra months and months to put their list together, and Bill Armstrong was around for that entire time. So, you know, just knowing Bill for the last 10 or 15 years, uh, he was in that Yarmo Kekalainen mold where uh, best available. You know, I think late first round, uh, there are some defensemen available. You have a, a player, Justin Barron. Uh, you have another defenseman. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke. Uh, personally, when I did a mock draft a couple weeks ago with The Athletic, I had a uh, young center, Jan Mysik. And so those are some names to watch. The one thing, uh, just a little nugget that I stumbled across, guys, while doing some draft prep work, uh, is that uh, they have not drafted a right shot defenseman since the second round of 2013. That was Tommy Vanelli. The last nine defensemen that they've drafted have, have all been lefties. Yeah, JR. So with this 26th overall pick, too, do you think it's in play? And what I mean by that is, do you see the Blues using it possibly as a little bit of a poker chip in some kind of a bigger deal? Because as great as this draft can be, as deep as it can be, 26th overall is usually a player that you're hoping in two to three years can you know, possibly make an impact on your team. But there's certainly no guarantees of it. Yeah, you look at uh, that late 20s pick, you know, the Blues did have like a David Perron there, and he came in and played right away. But other situations, you've had like a, a Tage Thompson, who they ended up moving to Buffalo in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Dominic Bach was the late 20s, and he was moved uh, to Carolina in the Justin Falk trade. So I think those guys have value where you pick them. Um, you know, in the case of the trades to Buffalo and Carolina, you know, those are players that the other teams wanted. And the, so they help facilitate uh, those deals. But you're right, Riv, if you're going to play these guys, it's going to take, I think, 
two to three, maybe even four years before you see some production. What the Blues have done a couple times in the past few years is taken, you know, that late 20s pick, let's say 28, 29, and, uh, and move up a couple spots. You know, maybe there's a guy on the board that they like at 24, 25, so they have done that. I don't think that the Blues are going to be able to move up much higher. I'd be surprised just because – you know, they don't have a lot of early picks. You traded a second-round pick in the in the Marco Scandella trade. Um, after uh, selection number 26, uh, the Blues don't pick again until the 80s. They have two picks in the 80s, so it's not like uh, they have uh, some, you know, second, third-round picks that they can use to move up. So um, I expect the Blues to pick at this point, but again, you just never know going into these things. Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on 101 ESPN. Jay, are you willing to play a game of reckless speculation with us today? Oh, let's do it. Sounds oh, boy. Awesome. Here we go. If the Blues were to make a trade involving one of their players, let's call it maybe, I don't know, a salary dump, if you will. Who do you think it would be tonight? And again, this is reckless speculation, not you reporting, so you can get a little out there out on your skis if you want to. Yeah, completely reckless here. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we've tried to dissect this every which way. And, and you know, as at, at this point, they're they're not buying out Alexander Steen. And so there's only a couple more options. You look at, you look at Tyler Bozak. He's a guy whose name just pops to mind because he has a $5 million salary next year. Uh, you know, he, he I, I'm not saying he can be replaced, but I think that you have some bottom six forwards that you could uh, – pop in that spot in terms of maybe even like an Ivan Barbashev if you got Sunquist and, and Barbashev both up the middle uh, in the bottom six and it saves you a lot of salary in terms of trying to bring back an Alex Petrangelo if that indeed is still uh, the Blues plan after that you know we've talked about Schwartz I just don't think there's a ton of interest to move him I think they'd like to resign him um, and, and then you look at like a Scandella and I know uh, some people would say what they just signed him uh, but maybe you can get an asset for a guy who's signed for the next four years at a you know, at a relatively decent price. So those are just a couple names that come to mind. JR, what would you say if I said maybe a Justin Falk plus the 26th overall pick in return for a third rounder from somebody else? Oh, I like that, JR. That sounds really detailed. That sounds really detailed. No, Justin Falk is a name that I think you have to have on your uh, radar in terms of the Blues hoping to unload. Not only would it free up some space to, to re-sign Alex Petrangelo, but I do think it would correct the situation i think that uh, you look back on that and I, I realize what doug armstrong was trying to do add some depth to the defense i think that uh you know he's trying to have a backup plan for alex petrangelo but i just don't understand the term of that deal uh when you have pareko and potentially petrangelo back on that right side so yeah if you can make a deal where you unload that contract even if it costs you a first round pick if that allows you to re-sign Alex Petrangelo, then I think that could work. But, wow, that's a heavy price to pay a first-round pick to correct what many believe was a mistake. I agree. Now, the second the follow-up to that is, do you think Blues fans will have the ultimate tell on the Alex Petrangelo situation based on what Doug Armstrong does in the next two days at the draft? Like, that's his, a good question. His yeah. decisions yeah. at the draft table – Will they absolutely give us the answers to the test? I don't. I can't say absolute because I've I've been in situations, not necessarily with a player the profile of Alex Petrangelo, but I've been in situations going into the draft thinking, okay, what they do is, is going to give us a good heads up on on what they're going to do when free agency starts, and then all of a sudden the Blues draft you know six or seven guys and they have their draft class and, and they move on to free agency. You know, if, if there's a deal tonight with, let's say, a, a Falk or let's say a Bozak or something like that, I think that gives you some sort of indication of, 
of what they're trying to do, and maybe they're making some progress with Alex Petrangelo. Um, but I, I just can't say that after round seven tomorrow, we're absolutely going to be guaranteed to know what, what direction that's going. Possibly, but I just can't say guaranteed. All right, JR. So a lot of speculation out there on the goalie market, right? Uh, quite honestly, it's as deep as I've ever seen it before as far as unrestricted free agents that are goaltenders and other goalies that are, well, they're available. GMs have basically said, yeah, they're available. They're in play. Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. Heck, even the Toronto Maple Leafs are saying that their goaltender is available for the right price. In your opinion, do you feel that the Blues are set with Ville Husso, or could Doug Armstrong go kicking the tires on maybe even a Henrik Lundqvist or a Braden Holpe, mm. somebody to come in as a supporting cast? I would lean towards more of a Henrik Lundqvist because the price tag would be much lower at that point. Braden Holpe's going to want to hit a home run. But Henrik Lundqvist as a mentor and that guy who takes Jake Allen's spot as the 20 to 25 starts, I mean, that kind of looks pretty good. I would also not rule that out. And I know that all the conversation the past month or so has been Billy Huso coming in and being the backup. He signed a one-way deal. You know, you're going to have to pay his $750,000 salary in the minors if you have him in the minors. But I just can't get my head wrapped around the fact that uh, there won't be anybody necessarily pushing Jordan Bennington. And, you know, we can't forget that the middle of last year, even though Bennington had a decent season and won 30 games, Jake Allen had to basically step in there and take over for a couple weeks. And if not for the play of Jake Allen, the Blues certainly wouldn't have been in the position that they were in. Now it's going to be a contract year for Jordan Bennington. Obviously he's going to want to play uh, very well, but we're talking about a backup in Billy Huso who doesn't uh, have any experience at the NHL level whatsoever. So, uh, having said that, if Doug Armstrong can get a hung- Henrik Lundqvist for, I'm just throwing a number out here, you know, a million, million five, and, and maybe he takes that because he's made his money and because he's getting bought out, he'll get the rest of that uh, that, that money, then perhaps that's uh, an opportunity. But you're right. There's a lot of goaltenders out there. There's a lot of veterans. Some of them are going to want to hit home runs. That's not going to work in St. Louis. Uh, but uh, a guy like Lundqvist for the right price, I think Doug would entertain that idea. It's very interesting. I uh, I love having you on, JR, in part because suddenly Jamie Rivers starts floating these theories or these ideas, and I always <laughs> wonder, what does Jamie know? What does JR know that I don't know? Uh, he's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on 101 ESPN. Last question that I have for you, JR, it's something we're going to talk about a little bit later today. If the Blues were about 72 hours now from now, uh, the official start of free agency, when other teams can officially reach out to Alex Petrangelo, if they do not bring him back next year, JR, what kind of a team are we looking at? Like, is, is this still a playoff contender? What are the Blues without Alex Petrangelo? I think it's a good team, but we have to keep in mind that you're without Vladimir Tarasenko, and everybody responds by saying they played well without him last year, but he's still a 30-35 goal scorer. So you're without Petrangelo, you're without Tarasenko. I think they're a good team, but I think they go from being a team uh, that we saw last year that can be on top of the West and you know be a top-five team in the league to, you know, I think they're a third place team in the division. You know, I think they're you know in the top five or six teams. Uh, in the West, in that sort of realm. And, and that's what I believe Alex Petrangelo does for them. You know, I think he eats up the minutes. I, I think uh, he's shown in the last year and a half that he, he's a capable uh, leader. 
And I think that there would be some shock, I think, uh, to take the ice without him. Would they get over it? Yeah, it's going to take a couple months. But you're asking, you know, guys like Pareko to step up and be that type of guy. And you're asking Justin Falk to be better than he was last year. So to me, you know, I've said it for the past couple months. I think without Alex Petrangelo, this window closes a little bit. And I think that uh, they're not going to be as good of a team uh, as they were the past couple years. JR, appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to your coverage of the NHL drafts tonight. People can follow that on Twitter at JP Rutherford, also over on The Athletic, where they can read all of your stories. Always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. Uh, we'll talk with you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You got it. That's Jeremy Rutherford joining us on 101 ESPN.